，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。President Tsai Ing-wen rallied party members at the DPP's National Party Congress on Sunday in preparation for the year-end municipal elections. With all the DPP's candidates on the stage, the audience chanted slogans, generating a buzz for the polls that are seen as a midterm assessment of the ruling DPP's performance. Tsai, who is the party's chair, said the DPP learned its lesson the hard way in the 2018 elections. This time, she said it was fully prepared. The 2018 local elections were a hard lesson for the DPP. This time around, we have made the most thorough preparations. Produce the best political achievements, and put forth the strongest candidates, so that we can gain the greatest support from the people. We can now present a report card which has the quality assurance of DPP governance. If the DPP wins, Taiwan will definitely win. If you have no election, the Chinese election cannot continue. If you don't win, President Tsai will have a hard time continuing down her path. The government must protect Taiwan, take care of the people, and move towards the world. In 2018, the DPP was thrashed, dropping from having 13 mayors and county commissioners to just six. Premier Su took to the stage and listed the Tsai administration's achievements. He also produced opinion poll results showing that the president's approval rating has reached close to 48 percent, a near 20 percentage point increase from 2018's 28.5 percent. He added that the DPP's support had gone up by eight percentage points, while the KMT's had fallen by 22. Crowds are pouring into Pingdong County's popular seaside towns of Kunding and Xiaoliuqiu after the government launched a five and a half billion NT travel subsidy program Friday. Local business operators say crowds on Kunding streets are almost back to pre-pandemic levels. In Xiaoliuqiu, most hotels are booked solid on weekends, and even on weekdays, occupancy is at 60 percent or higher. Scantily clad young women are handing out flyers, and people respond by snapping pictures of them. Kunding in the holiday season is once more bringing in hordes of visitors. Hawker stalls see long queues of people, and their managers are busy but delighted. The crowds are so big; it's scary. Yes, there are quite a lot of people. I'd say it's at least 50% more than usual. Hawkers are quite alarmed by the crowds and the scene of thousands of bobbing heads. Seems as if they have returned to pre-pandemic levels. Restaurants were also chock-a-block and saw long queues in the streets outside. 
With the onslaught of visitors, the health authorities did not drop their guard and continued to promote pandemic prevention on Kending streets. On Friday, the national travel subsidy went into effect and it was the first day that people could take advantage of the program. Occupancy rates in Kending soared to 90% and hotels in Xiaoliuqiu, another popular seaside tourist destination, had a similar experience. There's a big price difference. Our BNB costs 3,400 NT and the subsidy is 1,300 NT. On a weekday like today, about 60% apply for national travel subsidies on the first day of the program. Xiaoliuqiu's famous Huangpingyan coastal area is full of people swimming and snorkeling. Queuing for a meal takes roughly one hour, and it is even more difficult to book a room during summer vacation. We are mostly full on weekends, and on weekdays it's no less than 80 or 90 percent full. Summer vacation is usually the peak season for Kunding and Xiaoliuqiu. Now that the COVID pandemic is waning and the National Travel Subsidy Program has been launched, tourists are once again out in full force. Incantation, a movie about an evil curse, has gained a reputation for being Taiwan's most terrifying film of all time. It's earned 170 million NT at the box office and ranked eighth globally on a popular movie streaming site. Even the gesture used by the movie's characters praying to an evil deity has ignited lively discussion among foreign movie fans. Let's get the reaction from the movie's director. I just want to say that I shoot things I really like myself, so after I shot something I wouldn't feel like I'd let myself down. I never thought of things like rankings. This feels like something that's happened in a parallel universe. It feels like my dreams have come true. It's good to see viewers and fans from different parts of the world imitating the gesture in the movie. It's quite a novel experience. I think this is the best feedback a creator of a film could ask for. Incantation has become the most popular movie on the popular streaming site in Japan, Hong Kong, Singapore, Indonesia and Vietnam, setting a milestone for Taiwanese non-mainstream movies. Local COVID case numbers continue to drop. The CECC reported 24,196 cases for Sunday. That's a 3,512 cases fewer than that of last Sunday, or a drop of 12.7 percent. Sunday also saw 73 COVID-related deaths. As for Taiwan's first case of community transmission involving the BA5 subvariant, Initial findings reveal that there hasn't been further transmission outside the patient's family. Both of the patient's parents have gotten a positive PCR test result. Authorities are still awaiting genetic sequencing results, saying that there's a good chance that the parents are infected with the BA5 subvariant as well. Last week, we looked at the state of road safety in Taiwan. Almost 3,000 people are killed on Taiwan's roads every year. Today, we'll take an in-depth look at the most vulnerable road users, scooter riders. As scooters continue to proliferate, the number of accidents is rising too. Scooters are always vulnerable in the face of bigger vehicles, and riders are put at risk by ambiguous rules and a lack of proper education. 
Experts are calling for scooter licenses to be better regulated and for driving lessons to become the norm, not the exception. Here's part two of our special report. A truck turns a bend. The driver doesn't see this scooter rider who is thrown to the ground. A delivery rider is crossing a junction. He's got the green light, but suddenly a van careens into him. This rider couldn't swerve fast enough. Accidents like this are so frequent on Taiwan's roads. Looking at our overall figures from last year, every day, eight people will leave their home and never come back because we have eight fatalities due to traffic accidents every day. We do live in an extremely dangerous traffic environment and we don't even realize it. Because we're so used to it, we think it's normal. So road safety should be seen as a kind of national security problem. The scooter is Taiwan's national mode of transport, indispensable for going to work, picking up kids, and grocery shopping. But in Taiwan's complex traffic, the risk of an accident is high. Scooter riders are vulnerable on the road, and most victims of accidents are riders. In recent years, the rise of the food delivery industry has increased road traffic and created a new high-risk population, delivery riders. After picking up an order, delivery rider Zuzu needs to get this drink to the customer within four minutes. There's not a second to spare. She's up and away. As delivery platforms grow, riders like Zuzu are everywhere. People complain that riders ignore speed limits in their rush to deliver orders. But riders have their own complaints too. It's because we're so hurried. The customers sometimes rush us. That's why we rush to get it delivered. As riders traverse their route, their progress can be tracked by the platform and by the customer. That puts tremendous pressure on delivery riders. On the app Zuzu uses, a warning noise sounds constantly. After a customer makes an order, it keeps making a noise, beep, beep, beep. If we don't complete the delivery within the time, it keeps beeping, so we have to listen to it constantly. It's really anxiety-provoking. It makes us ride faster to get to the customer ASAP, so it means we're very distracted, and that's why road accidents happen. As delivery riders pick their way through Taiwan's maze of roads, they can spend up to 8 or 12 hours on the road each day. On chaotic roads, they are at more risk than the average citizen. Some roads are innately badly designed. For example, scooters are banned on the inside lane, but there are cars parked parallel on the outside or buses or taxis. That means scooters have to fight for survival in the cracks between vehicles. I have a friend who was in four accidents in one month. It was zero fault on his end every time. He was hit by someone else. I don't think the government should put all this down to delivery riders. They should distinguish the causes, both primary and secondary, as well as who is not at fault. 
According to statistics from our monitoring organization, there are about 130,000 delivery riders. Their accident rate is 2.08%. The accident rate for normal scooter riders is about 1.88%. It's about 10% higher. So you can't say there's no risk. The platforms must take notice, must prioritize their employees' safety. It doesn't matter if they're a permanent or a casual employee, that's irrelevant. So right now the Ministry of Labor is starting to draw up occupational safety guidelines for this field. In 2021, there were more than 14 million scooters on Taiwan's roads. But while the scooter occupies a giant place in Taiwan's road culture, its place in Taiwan's road laws is ambiguous. Our definitions for scooters are a bit vague. It's sometimes a bit like a bicycle, but sometimes like a car, sometimes a fast car, sometimes a slow car. The definitions of the category are unclear. Sometimes scooters are banned from the road, but sometimes not. Sometimes there are two sections, but not always. So that means that scooter riders are more subject to disturbances and to limitations that confuse the situation and make it hard to navigate. It's not just that rules on scooters are vague. The design of roads and the rules on priority also need a thorough review. Our road laws are based on the 1968 Road Traffic Management and Penalty Act. It's more than half a century old. Shouldn't we review it comprehensively? That includes the categories of vehicles. Shouldn't we codify and clearly stipulate the rights and restrictions they have on the road? Transport ministry figures show that nearly 3,000 people die on the road each year. Of those, 60% are scooter riders. Meanwhile, of the 480,000 people injured annually, 77% are scooter riders. Scholars say that new riders aged 18 to 20 are the demographic most at risk. So once I joked that this is a rite of passage in Taiwan, you're 18, you start riding a scooter, and you have to get through this two-year risk period. If you're injured or killed, then you're eliminated, wiped out. This dark coming-of-age ritual is a Taiwanese specialty. One reason young people are at risk is that many of them don't get proper driving lessons. We always think, before the age of 18, nobody taught them the correct methods. Firstly, they don't understand the laws. They don't understand safety. They don't know how to drive the scooter properly. They don't even understand how it works or what it does. They just get on it. That's very dangerous. In an emergency, nobody is there to tell you what is dangerous or what to do. Moreover, the laws are incomplete. So to be honest, it is really like somebody getting into a game without knowing what the rules are. Some people ride scooters all their lives without ever being taught properly. They just practice outside their front door a few times and then zoom off. Basic knowledge and skills can be quite lacking. Such riders can be dangerous to others as well as themselves. The scooter and tractor unit were driving in parallel when the scooter rider turned left at the corner where the camera couldn't film. She was hit from behind by the tractor unit and killed by its right wheel. The woman in the blue and green helmet was riding a scooter on Xinzhuang Zhongzhen Road. As she passed the junction, she cut into the inner lane but didn't react in time. She collided with the vehicle behind her and was thrown into the air. 
The most common causes of accidents are things like not keeping a safe distance from other road users, changing lanes without checking for oncoming vehicles, and being in the blind spot of a large vehicle. Education is the most important step in self-protection. 接下来防御驾驶就是会跟汽车，还有包括大车做混流。Okay, all students must pay attention to the parked cars and look to see if there are oncoming cars from left or right. Only when they have passed can you go. Today at this driving school, there is a special lesson for scooter riders. It teaches the traffic code and safe driving practices using lots of drills. Students learn good habits and skills for protecting themselves on the road. The scooter is falling too close behind and that causes a collision. Not keeping enough distance means your vision is obstructed by the car in front. If the car suddenly turns, a crash can occur. Getting too close to cars on either side is dangerous. If a door opens without warning, you might not have time to swerve. These two vehicles are driving in parallel. The coach turns just a tiny bit to the right. The back of the vehicle crashes into the scooter. Driving beside a truck, a scooter can be hit on a right turn. It's a particularly dangerous location. The teachers here go through common road hazards like this one, teaching students how to avoid accidents with defensive riding. On a scooter, it's easy to make this mistake. You ride in front of a large vehicle, you think they can see you. But actually, if we go and look in a moment, can they? Look in front. That scooter is totally invisible, isn't it? Sitting here, you can't see it at all. That's dangerous, right? Only when you sit in the driver's seat do you realize I'm invisible to them. There are lots of blind spots in a large vehicle. The scooter has clearly stopped by the truck, but it's invisible in the rearview mirror. That's often how tragedy strikes. Here at the driving school, riders get to know a variety of safety hazards before they get on the road. I can already ride a bit, but coming here for lessons improves rider safety. A professional trainer teaches you. It's more professional. If you teach yourself, you don't really know anything. My parents, too many people up in the mountains don't have licenses, so we don't know if they taught us the most correct information. In recent years, the Transport Ministry has subsidized driving lessons to encourage more scooter riders to get trained before taking their license test. Riders who are trained break traffic rules 30% less than those who have not trained, and they get in 20% fewer accidents. The average scooter is not cheap. It can easily be 70,000 NT or 80,000 NT. Many parents are willing to spend that, but they don't even think of spending 2,000 NT or 3,000 NT on a defensive driving course for their child. I actually think you should give your child an education before giving your child a scooter. After riders take a full course of lessons, the test is the next important hurdle. Or it would be if the test weren't so easy. As our scooter riding test stands currently, you ride to the test center and then do a little obstacle course and you're done. If we compare that to Japan, they might also have to do an emergency brake, 
they might have a pedestrian suddenly emerge, they might have all kinds of simulated situations. Can this person who passed this exam actually handle a motorized vehicle, whether it's a scooter or a car? That is a really big question. On the other side of the exam, people with a scooter or car driver's license don't need to retake the test until they're 75. This means that there's a lack of ongoing oversight on problematic drivers. Why should we renew licenses? License renewal has one basic function. Every country in the world has license renewal systems. The whole road environment, the laws and the facilities available have all changed a lot from how they were decades ago. We're not able to use the license renewal process to re-educate drivers. If drivers rack up too many points on their license, too many errors, then we should give them some counseling and education. We can work toward this on many fronts at once, from passing the test to license renewal. All these things should be designed comprehensively. It's a very important part of managing motor vehicle drivers. We can't push forward too aggressively. But right now, we've already started with older drivers. Of course, if it gradually produces some results, then we can expand it further. But we should be able to do this if everyone has a consensus. If Taiwan's road safety is a national security issue, then a complete overhaul is needed in terms of laws, road design, driving culture, and the licensing and testing system. This unspoken sense of crisis is actually in all our hearts and minds already. To be able to live free of fear is a part of our human rights. Living in a constant state of fear of traffic, that's not how it should be in an advanced, civilized country. To change the status quo and create roads fit for use will take everyone joining in. Yes, the government must prioritize reform, but every day that we step out of our homes and get on the road, we can slow down, pay more attention and put safety first. Many iPhone users are finding they are being bombarded with spam in their iMessage inboxes. This is because businesses and scammers alike are taking advantage of Apple's free messaging function between Apple devices by mass texting unsuspecting users. People have responded by simply ignoring the text or downloading blocker apps. Experts advise users of both the iPhone and Android phones that it's best to take immediate action, whether it is by deleting the message right away or activating a blocker app. If caught, scammers can face up to seven years in prison or a fine of up to three million Taiwan dollars.